Okie dokie, folks. Welcome to the Roots Report podcast, presented by Motif Magazine and sponsored by Providence Brewing Company, the Rhode Island Blood Center, Graysale Brewing, Providence Ballet Theater, New Bedford Festival Theater, Jane Adams Resource Corporation, Festival Ballet, Trinity Brewhouse, CIC Providence, and R1 Indoor Karting. I'm your host, John Fusick. Today we have Chibese Homa. He plays the role of Orpheus in the touring production of the award-winning musical Hades Town. The musical Hades Town will be at Providence Performing Arts Center from March 21st through the 26th. This is Chibazai. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. So, um, were you born in Nigeria or are you in, in na- uh, just native roots in Nigeria? Yeah, native roots in Nigeria. I'm a first generation here. My parents came over probably like maybe the late 80s. Yeah, late 80s, early 90s. And all my, me and all my siblings were born here. You're in Hades Town. Yes, sir. And you play Orpheus. Mm-hmm. Now, I've read about it. Uh, I'm sure other people have read about it as well. Can you give me a rundown of the story of Hades Town? It sounds kind of complicated. Sure, sure. No, it's one of those things because there's so many intersecting parts that I can very quickly get conv- a little convoluted or like overwhelming. But at its core, the story of Hades Town is the story of two lovers, two sets of lovers, I should say. One is Orpheus and Eurydice. Uh, they live in a our, our version of like a Depression era type America. Work is hard, and is like uh, kind of like hard times in terms of like the amount of opportunity that's around. But uh, Eurydice is kind of this wandering traveler who goes from place to place because she doesn't try, try to stay anywhere too long. But then she meets Orpheus, who is this singer who's been blessed by the gods with this amazing voice and this talent for songwriting. And he's trying to create a song that will fix the seasons. Because in this world, uh, the other set of lovers, Hades and Eurydice, I mean Hades and, Eurydice, Hades and Persephone. Persephone is the goddess of springtime. And Hades is the god of the underworld. And she is supposed to be staying above ground for six months and below ground in his domain for six months. And that's what makes the seasons the way that they are in the Greek world. Mm-hmm. But because of their marital problems, he's trying to keep her down on in the underworld for longer and longer, which is messing up the seasons above. And thus, so it's kind of like these two stories happening in tandem. And it's eventually Eurydice's faced with the choice of do I stay with Orpheus, even though there's no work and everything's like kind of awful <laughs> on above ground? Or do I go down to, with Hades and do I go into Hades Town and kind of sell my soul to the god of the underworld? And so, yeah, there's like a, it's mixed with lots of the music of blues and Americana and jazz. And it's all narrated by the god Hermes, who's like normally the, the Greek messenger's god. But for our show, he's kind of the MC. So is he visible on stage or is it just a voiceover that's happening? Oh, he's, he's very visible. I mean, they, they, uh, <laughs> our Hermes, they He's, he's fabulous you know he's because he is a bit of a mix where there are more lots of moments where he's very like taking up the stage and is like connecting straight with the audience and like connecting with the characters as well and then there are moments where he's kind of on the side just narrating the story but he's always on stage pretty much throughout the entire show so he breaks the wall and talks directly to the audience and addresses them oh directly. yes oh yeah there's there's actually there are a lot of moments of different characters being able to break the fourth wall that's actually uh, an interesting thing where I think Hades Town, right from the jump of the of the story, 
we like we look out to the audience and we ask them all right and then they say all right and then uh, that's kind of like us trying to be like okay are you with us are we're here with you are you ready for the journey that we're about to go on and there are a lot of other moments sprinkled within from different characters where they get to reach straight out into the audience and connect both from like a character from like each character interacting with the audience but also sometimes like kind of drop the mask of eyes and it's just the actor themselves reaching out to the audience members and trying to have like different moments of connection and i feel like it kind of fosters this this, this uh, unique bond between the players on stage and the audience members now what is the set and costuming like for this what is what is the feel of it oh it's really cool it's like it's it's uh it, it dances an interesting balance because on one hand lots of human characters of the mortal characters because we're like we have this very set aesthetic it's kind of like oh depression era chic so like orpheus is kind of like in this uh white uh sweater not sweater sweater but like white long sleeve and overalls and then he has with the suspenders and you really see in this kind of like satin dress with a vest on top and then like larger coats like keep herself warm in the, with the cold but then the gods and the supernatural characters that's where the flair really become like especially where that's where a lot of the color comes in like the Hermes is in this like super sleek gray suit with like feathers adorned on different parts and his vest is like has all these different like embellishments and um, embezzlements on top of it Your, uh, Persephone is in this super vibrant green dress very befitting of the goddess of flowers in springtime uh, Hades is in this like kind of like pinstripe suit, very all all black, and then like has like a leather coat on top of it. But then like has like a bit of a hint of color when you see him in Act Two, and then like you get to see him in just his vest, and he has this like bright red, bright red coloring on the back of his vest. And then like lots of the ensemble characters when they're above ground, they have like different like versions of either like a corduroy pant here or a jean pant there. And in this one, this person is wearing orange and green and this and that. But then when they're in they're playing one of the workers of Hades' underground, then they're all of a sudden in these uh, leather work suits. And it's really uh, it's really uh, exciting how much detail there is with all of the different characters and how much, like, smaller things that you wouldn't be able to see from super far away, but then, like, if you get to the chance to see them either in like a up close or got a chance to see them in a more uh, promotional type of video, you'd see like all the different like video sequences and like lots of the characters have very distinct inspirations. Like um, for the Fates, their characters are lots of their costuming was specifically based around the clothes that freed women in New Orleans would be wearing at the time, uh, maybe of like in the early 1920s or 1930s. So is they, the stage set kind of in that vein as well? It's kind of old timey. Yeah, I would, I would say it's like it's interesting because the stage set it's kind of it's kind of um, a mix of it definitely looks like the French Quarter. Like you can see, like especially like when you look at the railings, we have like our own oyster platform and just like lots of like the woodwork and like lots a lot just ever lots of the things about the set definitely are very evocative of new orleans and it was really cool when we got to stop by in new orleans on the tour maybe it was this, this was uh last year's new year's we were in new orleans and walking around the neighborhood and like eventually we got to see preservation hall is like one specific building that like takes 
that our set takes a lot of inspiration from and being able to just see that in person and be like wow i'm just <laughs> in my show this is kind of this is kind of weird but in a cool way is but there a kind of also, mardi gras feel to it i would say it just isn't too too mardi gras uh i would say it's very if anything the bar the mardi gras feel comes from some of the numbers and some of the songs like we do have a full at one point we do break out into a full second line there are lots of moments where our trombonist just comes out from because all the musicians are on stage but there's moments where our, our trombonist gets to come down from her seat uh emily Fredrickson, and then she starts like playing along while we're all dancing around her so they're definitely in terms of like the atmosphere that we bring as like i guess a community um and then like in terms of like the type of life that mardi gras evokes that is very present in our show but in terms of like the colors of this and that not as much so no, we're not having too many mask situations or things like that what is what does hades town look like when you descend to hades well hades it's it, it's really cool because our set is very um like i said it, it's very minimalist but what they do is that they break there's like a part in um one of our uh numbers where the set actually opens up and like if, when you look at it like from like the beginning of the show you're thinking oh look this is the set this is what it is and then all of a sudden these different like massive sections of walls just start opening as during the number wait for me as orpheus is going down into the underworld and then i think the biggest thing that helps us change place and location is the lighting uh, all of the lighting in the show because all of a sudden like there's a super strong bright lights and this you get to really have the sense of like oh it is hot oh there are furnaces burning down here oh there are people working um like the workers have like these different headlamps that they shine into the audience and then it really i think there's a lot that is used with the sound and lighting design to really stimulate the audience's imagination especially because i think the with the show while we have a certain aesthetic and while we have a certain vibe with it we try to make it so that the audience's imagination can fill in a lot of it for them and i think that allows them to really feel immersed in the storytelling that's happening as opposed to having like a bunch of huge crazy set pieces that like are, that may in a sense like really pinpoint specifically what things might look like but it does leave it would then leave less to the imagination i think especially because there's so much lyric and there's so many dense themes that are woven into the songwriting that Anais Mitchell put in. I think the creative team wanted to let the audience hear these words and make uh, and let themselves like think of, oh, wow, like so then now they're doing this or now this is happening and all that type of stuff. Now, Anais is known as a folk singer in yeah. the folk world. Now, how does her music translate to a Broadway musical. I mean, what you, you mentioned a New Orleans style music for for the trombone that number and such. But what is what is the rest of the music like because of her coming from the folk world? I'm yeah. wondering what kind of music, what the feel of the music is in in this. It's uh, yeah, that's the thing. It's super eclectic. I mean, I mean, that's kind of I guess telling of so, so even specifically from like the original cast album. I'm not cast album, but original concept album. For Hades Town that she released in 2010. I mean, it is at the same time very similar, but also 
a completely different beast because as as we, as we talked about before, they added a lot more of these uh, New Orleans like um, some somewhat Cajun, somewhat roots type of instrumentation in as well. I think lots of those aspects are what were brought in to help it translate more to a Broadway type performance because because it can get loud, it can get very boisterous, it can get very raucous, it can very like you could really feel that energy, but there are moments especially in the, lots of the songs that Eurydice's character sings where those songs really maintain that real folky feel of Aeneas's songwriting and like you hear like the different violins and the cellos and then the, the guitar is always like one of the major driving instruments in all the orchestrations and between i say between between Eurydice's songs and Orpheus's epics it, it's very very soft very yeah i guess i guess the best word i could use for it is eclectic it's really nice now because she is a folk singer does anybody sit on stage and play guitar or play an instrument while they're singing yeah yeah me uh, i guess me <laughs> uh, while, while, I'm playing, while i'm playing the different um epics i'm playing electric guitar but it's like a very it's very soft kind of electric not like a super it's not like rock guitar maybe more i'm not even sure exactly how to describe the tone of the guitar itself but it kind of lends to the otherworldly supernatural aspect of orpheus's song and his singing because like you know they're trying to evoke the fact that like oh this guy he's, he has like a nice voice but like not it's not just that it's nice it's different it's very of i guess the gods and like that's that was their interpretation of that mm-hmm. Wait, did Aeneas have um anything to do with this production did you meet her did she work with the crew at all yeah no she's super she was super involved right from the audition standpoint she was present at a lot of our final callbacks way back uh wow now i'm remembering way back in 2021 <laughs> And then she's like, oftentimes tries to visit as much as she can. And she's, she's like, she's, it's honestly kind of adorable because she's out one hand, this massive success, uh, and is currently on tour herself internationally, going to all these different places, meeting all these cool people. But then she also often finds the time to just kind of geek out about the show in her own right. Like, say, if one of us posts something of the show, maybe like a cover or something like that, or in our own version of something, I'll go in our com, I'll go into comments and I'm like, oh, there's Anais Mitchell just saying, like, oh my God, I want to see you so bad in the show. And it's like, that's a little surreal. But no, she's, she's very involved, very involved in the. Have you seen her perform with the Bonnie Light Horseman? Uh, not yet. Uh, I had one. There was one chance I had, and I didn't take it. And I was one well, of my biggest regrets. <laughs> we had, I think it was a day where we traveled to a new city, and then the Tuesday, because normally that's our opening day in most cities, but we saw that that specific city we didn't have a show. And I know a lot of people. And we were kind of close to New York. I think we were in Philadelphia, and a lot of people went down. So it went up to uh, New York City because like she was performing with Fine Light Horseman there, and I was just like, oh, I'm, I'm gonna take my day off to just like to just chill. But then people start posting videos, and I was like, I shoulda, <laughs> I shoulda went over there. Oh man! But you know, he's hoping. I mean, it seems like their their tour is still going strong. So maybe once I finish off the road, I'll try to try to figure out where they're gonna be and give myself a little trip. Now I I remember her. I used to belong to an organization called the Folk Alliance where she used to go a lot and I remember her from that. You know, it's like one of these memories. I think I may have played a showcase with her back then, but I know I've I've worked shows where she's performed. I know my friend and I did sound for her one day at a show and stuff. I've you know, I've had connections with her over the years because you know, I'm a folk artist as well, which is my interest in the show being a folk performer. I was just wondering how much hands-on she actually had with the show 
show because, you know, a lot of times people write the show, the first production on Broadway goes through and then they kind of leave it to director and then it's it mm-hmm. takes on a life of its own. So that's why I was yeah. wondering how much hands-on she actually still had at this point so yeah it's, at this point it's mostly um i think a lot of like she put a lot of trust into the music supervisor that we have Liam robinson because they, they like collaborated on other stuff beforehand but i think in terms of like maintaining the styles and maintaining the maintaining the, the vibe that she like set out to i mean it makes sense too because she also worked on the show for like 10 years so <laughs> so I, I i definitely understand her being like okay now at one point you have to let it go and let it become a new thing and i think through in in a fun way i think she's both at the same time not doing as much and like you know it's like really allowing us to come into our own and like not being too micromanagey but at least for myself i can say that i've been inspired by both her work and by both the work of all of our collaborators one of my favorite artists is bonnie rare and so when i found out that he was the original orpheus on the concept album i was like all right what am i taking from you man <laughs> tell me justin what am i taking <laughs> so a lot of his stylings that like i'm sure they you know they talked about and like she kind of guided him in terms of like how to approach it and like lots of the character lots of things he put in are now the things that i'm doing now and so it's interesting how Anais's influence even without it being super direct from her hand or from her mouth to my specific performance her influence is still felt and i, th- I think this is a sentiment that is, can be felt by everyone in the cast related to their characters of you know, the things that she implemented or things that she tried or things that she added on especially with all the different changes take a huge take a huge impact on how we interpret the characters now you you mentioned 2021 is that when you started with this production or was it before that yeah i've been well i've been in the show uh first i was in the ensemble and i was an orpheus understudy uh that i've been since the beginning when we started it started in october 2021 and then in june of 2022 i got promoted to being orpheus full-time what was the uh the transition like for you to go from you know behind the leads to becoming the lead it was a bit wild not gonna lie <laughs> it was, uh, i mean it was fun because I, I was fortunate enough to be have been able to go on a bunch while i was an understudy so it didn't feel like oh i went on maybe one time and now i'm doing it every single day you know I, I had like a certain level of comfort with the character already which was nice what was your path to becoming orpheus what did you do prior to this what was your uh what was your music background and your your broadway background like yeah i mean well in terms of broadway background it's technically my first b i mean i did one regional show before Haiti sound but this is pretty much my first big big show outside of college so in terms of like proper credits other than like you know school credits from when i was at nyu this is like my first I guess big thing in terms of musically how I connected to it I think it was a lot I mean luckily with like because Orpheus has a lot of falsetto work and that's like another thing that they try to put in to add to like the otherworldliness of him and I guess coincidentally or luckily maybe this is also why I ended up being a good fit for the role but a lot of the my favorite musicians whether it's on like the folky side of like a Bonnie Vare or like uh, like the Oh Hellos or any of those artists or whether it's on the more soul arm 
B-side of, say, someone like a D'Angelo or someone like even like a, a Frank Ocean, they all use falsetto very, very specifically and very frequently in their music. So I think sometimes as I was just kind of growing up listening to their songs, I would just be singing along. And I guess that was part of what ended up training my falsetto for this part. And then when it came time to embodying the character of it, I think I really gravitated towards the love story that he that is between Orpheus and Eurydice and that sense of finding someone and just being completely enamored with everything that they are and me being the hopeless romantic <laughs> that I am at least especially in my past it was one of those things where I was able to really connect to that aspect and of really wanting and then some so then a song like wait for me where he's just kind of pleading to the universe I guess <laughs> to find this person again and like he's just like in full like he's like no this is not over i will like i will still want to be with you even though if you went down to hades town i still want to find you and him writing this song in inspiration of both the love that hades and persephone once had but also fueled by the love that he shared with eurydice it's really it's a special thing so i think between those two things that kind of got me ready for taking on the role overall and then yeah i think just things started to fall into place especially as i got more and more comfortable with doing the part and i'm just happy with how it's been able to grow since i've taken it over i know a lot of performers have their life outside of the the stage the broadway stage and perform on their own they're singer songwriters they they're performers they have their own cds and such now is that something that you do as well i use i mean i write a lot of stuff uh i've not put it out yet (laughs) probably just because of nerves one of these days hopefully one of these days i get to get the courage (laughs) or or at least especially now that i'm like surrounded by so many really talented musicians in on this tour because all 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 the band members they're not so much they're not so i mean like lots of them come from the broadway world but most of them are just musicians in the music industry at large so honestly who knows maybe soon i'll be (laughs) taking advantage of that fact and you'll be seeing a new (laughs) single come out from me but until then, I'll just be staying in my little notebook. Okay. Anything else you want to add about the show and encourage people to come on out to the show? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think it's just a show that really celebrates love. It's a show that celebrates community. It's a show that is both quintessentially Broadway in how grand it can be, but also very much not Broadway in how different the music is and how how unique it is compared to the rest of the Broadway scape. It's something that like you really can't see anywhere else. At the very least, it's a very good time. <laughs> so mm. well, as I, I think, said, uh, coming from the yeah. folk coming from the folk world, I'm very curious. I, I really haven't heard much of the music or seen much. I kind of saving it up to see it live and hear it live. Yeah. And I'm, I'm curious oh, coming perfect. from the same world as Anais, what she's created. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I've heard her live, like I said, because I've, I've worked with her over the years on mm-hmm. other things. And I'm, you know, curious to see, you know, where this goes as far as, uh, because I've, I'm a fan of Broadway musicals and such. From the outset, it seems like it's going to be something very fresh and original. So I'm hoping that that's oh, very much so. At, at, at the very least, you're definitely going to get fresh and original. I can, that I can guarantee you. Well, that's what Broadway yeah. needs, something fresh and original. Well, then I'm really excited for you to see it when it comes through. 
Well, I want to thank you. Uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk, and hopefully people will listen to this and be excited to go out and see you and see your interpretation of Orpheus in Hadestown. Absolutely. You know, I'm excited for everyone to come, and uh, here's hoping that when they do, or if they do, they like it, enjoy it, they're stimulated, they're challenged, and overall, they're filled. Well, congratulations yeah. on, on having the part and and making the lead and hopefully the show is a great success and i look forward to seeing that and thank you very much for talking today absolutely thank you you have a wonderful day all right you too thank you bye-bye bye okie dokie thanks to chabazier homa for being part of this episode of the roots report podcast the musical hades town will be at the providence performing arts center from march 21st through the 26th for more take a word from the wise and get over to ppacri.org the roots report podcast is presented by motif magazine and sponsored by providence brewing company rhode island blood center Graysale brewing providence ballet theater new bedford festival theater jane adams resource corporation festival ballet trinity brew house cic providence and r1 indoor karting thanks for listening mm-hmm.